pandemic, a contentious election cycle, a divisive media on both the right and the left, endless arguments over social issues, church division and arguments. If there was ever a time in the history of our society when we needed more of the Spirit in our lives, it's now. This series is a study of the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5. We're talking about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And we're talking about how we can have more of these things in our lives. Thank you for joining us as we talk about life by the Spirit. everyone. How is everyone today? Good. You are good. That is good because that's what we're talking about this morning. I got an encouraging message from my friend uh, Jamie this morning. He said, hey Todd, heard you're preaching this morning. Don't stink. I was so encouraged. Made me feel so good. My name is Todd Lloyd, by the way. I am not the regular preacher here at Murray Hills, so don't judge us by this week. Uh, our regular preacher, preacher, Russ, is gone, and I'm the student pastor here. And I have been the student minister here for 15 years. Uh, this is my 27th year of being a youth minister. So, um, yes. <laughs> and I feel every one of those years. So, this morning, when, we were, or when I heard that we were doing the Fruits of the Spirit series, and Russ said, hey, Todd, will you preach? Well, my immediate instinct was no. Uh, but I like to be employed, so I said, yes, uh, I'll gladly do it, Russ. I can't wait. Just tell me which one you want me to do. And he said, goodness. And I thought, goodness. Uh, what do you say about goodness? I mean, all the others are pretty innocuous. I mean, you can pretty much define all of them. But how do you define goodness? What is goodness? What's the difference between goodness and kindness? I mean, these are all confusing questions to me. Because growing up, you hear the word goodness thrown around in a lot of places, right? My grandmother used to use it as kind of a cussing slang, obviously. Honestly, she would use goodness gracious or oh goodness. Or when something horrible happens, we say, oh goodness. Uh, when something is good, we go, oh, that's good. When something tastes good, we go, oh, that's full of goodness. There's a lot of different definitions for the word goodness. And a lot of biblical scholars don't even agree on what Paul's talking about here. When he lists the fruits of the Spirit and he says goodness. I'm going to go ahead and pull out my clicker here. I forgot to turn it on. Remember, I'm not a professional. This is not what I do. So I'm going to turn on the magic clicker here and see if this works. Let's see. Scott said I could. Oh, it did work. It's the sixth fruit of the Spirit, goodness, because we're going in the opposite order. So next week you're going to talk about kindness, which is closely related to goodness. Romans 15, 14, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge and competent to instruct one another. I don't know why I'm yelling. I do this thing when I preach. I kind of yell. I don't, preacher voice creeps me out when like somebody you know talks different when they preach and when they're, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm creeping myself out. I'm going to stop using preacher voice. All right, so. The key to this passage to me, you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct each other. My family goes to Disney World a lot, but there was one day, about a month or two ago, where I went to Disney World by myself. I was visiting some friends, and so 
I had about an hour or two to kill, and I'm at this place called, uh, it used to be called Downtown Disney. Now it's called Disney Springs, if you're familiar with it. It's a busy shopping district down there. So I'm walking around, and there's this store that I notice, and it's being built, and it's a fascinating-looking thing. It's kind of got this Harry Potter feel to it, but it's a bakery, and so I was kind of curious about it. So I'm walking around, and I see this line out the door, a line out the door at a bakery. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, what's going on here? Why is there a line for this bakery? And I said, this must be the best food in the world. And the lady who was working there looked at me, and she goes, we have, in fact, won best cookie in the world three times. I said, how long is this line? She said, 40 minutes. I said, I'm in. So I got in line. And I stood there, and for what I thought might be the best cookie in the world, here's what I had. These are the cookies at Gideon's Cookie Shop. And in fact, it was the best cookie I had ever eaten in my life. Forty minutes for that cookie, that $6 cookie. Yep, $6. And so when you have a family of five, that's $30. Anyways, I had the cookies there, and they were full of goodness. You ever heard that term when somebody says, well, that's good. Well, why was it good? Well, it was just full of goodness. Just great. Like a secret ingredient, right? Have you ever thought of what makes things good when you're eating something? And sometimes it's the weirdest thing, right? So like in, you remember Worcestershire sauce? Does anybody say that correctly? Is there a way to say this correctly? My family, my mom used to take the easy way out and she'd say, Lee and Perrin's. And we just called it Lee and Barron's all my life. That is the correct brand, right? Those of you who buy Heinz, come on, you're cheating. All right, so Worcestershire sauce, whatever it's called. I know I'm saying it wrong. Some lady's going to come up, that's not right. And I'll be like, you're right. Anyways, uh, it's made sardines. It's the secret ingredient of Lee and Barron's. <laughs> Chocolate cake. Did you know in the early 19th century, ladies' secret ingredients for chocolate cake was sauerkraut? They used sauerkraut as a, I don't know, I'm not going to pretend I know how to cook. <laughs> Anyways, General So's chicken. Who doesn't love General So's? I love General So's. In fact, I love General So's so much, I watched a documentary on General So's. No such guy. There was never a General So. You're fascinated, I can tell. <laughs> Secret ingredient of General Tso's is banana ketchup. Have you ever heard of banana ketchup? I hadn't either. Main ingredient of banana ketchup? Raisins. <laughs> so you fell right into that one. I gotcha. I was talking about that one all week. Kit Kats. Do you know what the secret ingredient, this is the weirdest one to me. Secret ingredient of Kit Kats. Other Kit Kats. They take Kit Kats, crunch them up, and make Kit Kats. What came first? How did they get the original Kit Kat? Inquiring minds want to know. Taco Bell meat. Some of you probably know this one. The secret ingredient of Taco Bell meat is chocolate. Okay, anyways, that got no reaction. Huh, that makes a lot of sense. That's what you, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I can taste it. Uh, the Greek word for, this is what real preachers do, right? We look up the Greek word. The Greek word for goodness in the New Testament is, is agathosune. Now, agathosune sounds really impressive, doesn't it? It sounds impressive that I know it. 
Like all the teenagers here are like, why is he quoting Greek? He doesn't know Greek. Agatha Sune is, uh, is the word, and it's only used four times in the New Testament. Four times in the entire New Testament. And a lot of, a lot of biblical scholars think that this word is unique to the New Testament. It's not used often in the Old Testament. It is a very interesting dynamic word. What it means is the intrinsic goodness of something. The intrinsic goodness of something. So I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of agathosune, filled with knowledge and competent to instruct one another. So I think one of the biggest questions we have when we look at the fruits of the Spirit and we go down the list, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. We go through all of the fruits of the Spirit and we get to goodness and it's just kind of this thing in the ether, right? We don't exactly know what goodness means. I mean, I can say you're a good person, but how do I know you're a good person? Well, do they do good things? Isn't that kindness? So what exactly is goodness? It's an intrinsic good. Let's go to the second time this verse is used. It's 2 Thessalonians 1.11. With this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling. And that by his power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for agathosune. And your every deed prompted by faith. By his power, he may bring you fruition for every desire for agathosune. So once again, that idea of being filled with, or his desire is for us to come to fruition. Notice the word fruition. Fruit of the Spirit. Here's the third time Agathosune is used in the New Testament. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all Agathosune, righteousness and truth. These are three different things, Agathosune, righteousness and truth. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all agathosune. So what does it sound like to you? It sounds to me like goodness is something that is intrinsically inside of us. And if we have goodness from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. From the overflow of us, from the goodness inside of us, we do good. We are light. Let's go back to that last verse again. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all agathosune. When I was in college, my Bible teacher showed us this book, Lifestyle Evangelism by Joseph Aldrich. And it really blew my mind because when I was growing up, the way that we did evangelism was to hit people over the head with a Bible, right? And tell them how wrong they were and stuff. And how, you know, you've got to follow these rules and God will bless you if you follow these rules. And... You know, a, a, fear, a healthy fear of hell was also involved in evangelism, right, back in those days. And this book changed my perspective on it. And it really was talking about this idea of developing goodness inside of us so that people can see the light coming from us. You see, the, it's the idea of, in we the same way, let your light, what did Paul say the light was earlier, Agathosune? Let our Agathosune shine before others that they may say your good deeds 
and glorify your Father in heaven. Reminds me, this, this verse teaches me to be a good example. So what is goodness? It's being a good person. Don't be a jerk. Our world needs to hear this big time right now. When I say the word goodness, you don't immediately think of the Chicago Cubs. I thought that'd get a bigger laugh. I, I really did. <laughs> I'm a Brewers fan. I really can't make fun. But how many of you recognize this guy? Several. Back in 2003, this was probably the most popular Halloween costume around. Chicago Cubs were famous for being bad. I mean, famous for being bad. Famous for blowing it in big spots. Famous for losing. They had this World Series drought. This team had been around since uh, 19, you know, the late 1800s. In fact, what was, when's the last, when they won a World Series in 1908, right, Brad? Was it Tinker Stevers to Chance? You know, the rhyme. Anyway, they, they won a World Series in the early 1900s, and then they went on this drought where they didn't win at all. And the whole city of Chicago has this love affair with the Cubs. They love the Cubs. And so in 2003, or 2006, one of those two years, doesn't matter, they were really close. They were in the National League Championship game. They're winning three to nothing. They are literally six outs away from going to the World Series, and they would have been heavy favorites in the World Series. This is the best Cubs team since the early 1900s. I'm setting this up to show you this video. This is what happens. Again in the air, down the left field line. A reaching into the stands and couldn't get it. He's livid with a fan. close to fan interference right there. The umpire's all over it. The umpire right down there, Mike Everett's on the play. If Alou has to reach into the stands, it's fair game for the fans to catch the ball. If the fan reaches out over the field, then it can be ruled fan interference. That is very, very close. So Steve Bartman is wiping his face because he had a beer thrown on him. He um, interfered with the, with the ball. You know, you know what happened, right? Marlins come back, miraculously win the game. They win the next game. Cubs lose. Whole city of Chicago blames this guy. He's escorted out of the building for his life. He gets death threats for the next 16 years. He goes into hiding. He cannot show his face publicly. Bartman becomes a term we use in the early 2000s for somebody screwing up something else. 2016, 2019. What year was it, Brad? 2016 or 19? The Cubs win the World Series. 16. The Cubs organization makes a ring for Steve Bartman. It's all is forgiven. We've finally won the World Series. Everybody feels good now. And all is forgiven. Come out of hiding, Steve Bartman. We're going to present you this ring. We're going to give you a parade. 
What do you think his response was? He was a fan. He loved the Cubs. Those of you who are fans, I mean, I, I don't know if you're, we have a lot of sports fans in here. I always try not to do sports analogies and sermons because I, not everybody likes those. But I know that people in here are fans. He had a whole city turn on him and make fun of him for 15 years. What do you think his response was? Oh, that's great. Thanks. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm coming right out. Here's his response. I humbly receive this ring not only as a symbol of one of the most historic achievements in sports, but as an important reminder of how we should treat each other in today's society. My hope is that we all can learn from my experience to view sports as entertainment and prevent harsh scapegoating and to challenge the media and opportunistic profiteers to conduct business ethically by respecting personal privacy rights and not exploiting any individual to advance their own self-interest or personal gain. This is someone who's still hurting. This is somebody who was branded by an entire fan base, an entire nation, as a jerk because he was a fan and he wanted a ball. And the funny thing about it is there are men reaching over him in the video. And if you watch the video, they immediately turn and point at him like it's his fault. We are a society of people who immediately turn and point at people. Because we're, we live in a society, especially, and I, I'm so tired of people talking about the last two years, but I'm going to do it. Because we've just, things have just gotten crazy. I mean, you, you, we all drive. I mean, you've been out in traffic these days. I mean, I was driving home from Trotwood the other day, and a guy almost hits me head on, and he gets mad at me. He crossed over my lane, rolls down his window, you jerk. I'm a jerk for staying in my lane and driving. I'm sorry. People are just on edge. And see, this is what goodness is. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships, one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who being the nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. The interest of others, looking out for others. We are light. We are goodness. We are agathosune. What should be happening with this congregation of people is that we should be salt. We should be light. We should be changing our culture by our good example, by our lifestyle evangelism, by our agathosune. That is the best way to win people to Christ. It's like my Uncle Doug, I've told you this story before. My Uncle Doug was a Tennessee fan. I never liked Tennessee growing up. I was a Vanderbilt fan. Tennessee always abused us. And I always, my Uncle Doug would kind of pick at me about Tennessee always beating Vanderbilt. But I loved my Uncle Doug so much. He was such a big influence in my life. He was such a mentor to me. You know what happened? I started cheering for the University of Tennessee when they went and played Vandy. Because I wanted my Uncle Doug to be happy. Because his long-term influence in my life was greater than my previous experience and it affected long-term change in me. 
And so our light needs to be a sustained influence on society that is greater than their personal experience so it will affect long-term change on our society. And that's the secret ingredient is goodness. It is a gift from the Holy Spirit that we need to use. And it's different from kindness because if I don't have goodness in my heart, I will not do kind things. In Luke verse 30, chapter 10, there's a story called what? Does anybody know what it is? The blank Samaritan. The good Samaritan. If he didn't have that intrinsic goodness in his heart, he wouldn't have stopped and helped that person. It's the goodness in us that is the root of what we do. So... Like I said earlier, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Also from the overflow of the heart, the man does. There are a lot of jerks in society today. I just can imagine if somebody was sitting by Steve Bartman and said, it's okay, dude. We all make mistakes. Or if somebody said, leave him alone. This is ridiculous. We have teenagers who are being bullied every day. We have... We have people who are just mean-spirited. What we need is a little more light and a little more Agathosune. And one of the things I really love about this church, and I don't, you know, I don't, all churches are great in their own way. But one of the things that I really like about Murray Hills is that from the overflow of the heart, the church does. Roddy Fernandez, I'm going to have Roddy come up here real quick. And so we're going to challenge us to take up this action. And I know kindness is next week. But hopefully we will... um, I thought there was another microphone up here. I guess... Oh, Tiffany, grab that microphone if you don't mind. No, I'll get your microphone. Yeah, I'm making... Okay. This is improv theater. (laughs) <laughs> I hope you know Roddy. Roddy's a good friend of mine. And uh, I brought this chair up here for to sit at so we'd look casual like Russ. Okay. But I, you, you can go ahead and sit. I'm not going to. Okay. Well, okay. We've got two minutes, Roddy. Oh. Here, here I'll. Here you. I'm still pondering the Kit Kat thing. Can't think straight. I'm serious. I didn't hear a word you said after that. <laughs> Something about Agatha Christie. It's a meta. I don't know. All right. <laughs> so, so, Roddy, real quick, tell everybody where you work at. Uh, I work at Centerstone. I cover the South Central region, which is, depending on who you ask, 13 to 15 counties of this area, uh, as my program specifically. Centerstone is mostly outpatient mental health, but I have a small uh, splinter program that does foster care. We contract out with DCS <clears throat> for their... I don't want to say difficult. They're kids with more needs. We have our own foster homes with extra training and extra support for uh, children and teens in state custody who have some real problems. Yeah, so what we've decided to do um, is uh, help you guys out over there. And, uh, you know, Murray Hills, we always want to do, we always want to do things for people. And so uh, one of the things that really pricked my heart that Roddy was telling us about is when kids are uprooted from their homes that they don't even have the basic necessities of life. 
you know, every Christmas, everybody gets real excited about buying toys for kids, and that's fine. You should continue to do that. We're going to have an angel tree. But these teens don't have the basic dignities. Toothpaste, soap, brush, and um, deodorant. And so it's kind of awkward when they arrive at a foster home or somewhere and they don't have the basic necessities of life. They don't even have uh, suitcases or luggage. Almost exclusively when they come to one of our homes, I would say at least 99% of the time, all their possessions, if they have any. I mean, sometimes if their uh, parents are making meth or something, everything they own has to be destroyed because it's contaminated. But, you know, what things they do have, almost universally they show up with everything thrown in a garbage bag. And that's just, I hate that. I can't stand it. I've been watching it for like 20 years and it, it's, it never fails and it bothers me every single time because it reinforces that, you know, you are, you're garbage too. You're being thrown away. Yeah, so I, this is kind of heavy, but, you know, we've got an opportunity to do some good here. And so uh, Sherry and the staff have made some lists here and in lovely colors. I like this lavender especially. It's nice. Is it it's periwinkle or lavender? You're asking the wrong person. Okay, anyways. So we've got these four colors, and there's different items on each of the sheets, and they're at the connection desk. And we, I know times are tough. We're not asking you to spend a lot of money. Um, we're just a little bit. And, but if, if you have extra money, we've got you, there's an option where you can buy a roll-on suitcase. We've got examples up here of what we want. Or you can just hand the money to our connections desk or to somebody... And I did not clarify who we were going to hand the money to. And no one is here to bail me out. Okay, anyways, all right. So hand the, hand the money to someone. And uh, we will, <laughs> a, a staff member, Ebony, Sherry, myself, someone like that. And we will uh, take the money for the suitcases if, if you want to do it that way. Or there's just a list of things you can fill the suitcases on. And you'll bring those back to us by December 5th. The date's on here on the sheet. Roddy, anything else you want to say? Yeah. My, my idea with this was when a kid first shows up at the house, uh, at the foster home, we immediately hand them a bag of their own, a, a real piece of luggage, too. Not like a duffel, not one of those totes from Aldi, but um, which I love Aldi, but uh, <laughs> um, a real bag of their own that, that looks nice, that has wheels on it because that's extra special. And just those basic things. We provide those in the homes, but this, when they are greeted with it in their own thing, it kind of reinforces, this is yours, and you're safe now, and we're going to take care of you. So I would appreciate any help I could get. So that's one opportunity for you. And in closing today's uh, message, uh, we're just going to send you out. We're going to do one of those awkward, uncomfortable, everybody just leaves kind of things. But I am going to say this. um, You've got a real opportunity to do good every day. And when you wake up, just be kind to people, just be good to people, and change this culture one person at a time. Uh, God be with you, and we'll see you next week.